Good morning, Covenant Network. Happy Friday to you. Here we are in the... It's a, it's a first Friday in many ways. It's our first Friday of Lent. It's our first Friday of the month. And uh, it's Friday, March 4th. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright with you for the hour. It's another Roadmap Roundup Friday. And we've got some praying to do before we can do anything else. So today... To assist everyone with their Sacred Heart devotion, in addition to our morning offering, we are going to pray the act of reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Sacred Heart of Jesus, animated with a desire to repair the outrages outrages unceasingly offered to thee, we prostrate before thy throne of mercy, and in the name of all mankind, pledge our love and fidelity to thee. The more thy mysteries are blasphemed, the more firmly we shall believe in them. O Sacred Heart of Jesus. The more impiety endeavors to extinguish our hopes of immortality, the more we shall trust in thy heart, sole hope of mankind. The more hearts resist thy divine attractions, the more we shall love the, O oh, infinitely amiable heart of Jesus. The more unbelief attacks thy divinity, the more humbly and profoundly we shall adore it, O oh, divine heart of Jesus. The more thy holy laws are transgressed and ignored, the more we shall delight to observe them, O oh, most sacred heart of Jesus. The more thy sacraments are despised and abandoned, the more frequently we shall receive them with love and reverence, O most liberal heart of Jesus. The more the imitation of thy virtues is neglected and forgotten, the more we shall endeavor to practice them, O heart of Jesus, model of every virtue. The more the devil labors to destroy souls, the more we shall be inflamed with desire to save them, O heart of Jesus, zealous lover of souls. The more sin and impurity destroy the image of God and man, the more we shall try by purity of life to be a living temple of the Holy Spirit, O heart of Jesus. The more thy holy church is despised, the more we shall endeavor to be her faithful children, O sweet heart of Jesus. The more thy vicar on earth is persecuted, the more we will honor him as the infallible head of thy holy church, Show our fidelity and pray for him, O kingly heart of Jesus. O sacred heart, through thy powerful grace, may we become thy apostles in the midst of a corrupted world and be thy crown in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Amen. Our Lady Queen of Peace, pray pray for for us. us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray pray for for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, happy Lent, everyone. It is the first Friday, and so uh, a couple of things of note here for the Sacred Heart devotion. Um, you know, we just prayed in honor of the Sacred Heart and in reparation for the Sacred Heart. The devotion calls for you to go to Holy Mass as well and receive Holy Communion today, so I hope you can incorporate that into your schedule. What a great thing it would be, especially in this season of Lent, to go to Mass. If you don't normally go to Friday Mass or you don't normally go to Mass during the week, to go one day during the week, and this could be a great launching point. Tomorrow we have our first Saturday devotions, and so we are called to go to confession, receive Holy Communion in a state of grace, pray the rosary, and then meditate for 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the rosary. And you might say, well, Adam, you know, I'm not, to the to the best of my knowledge, after a thorough examination of conscience, I am not in a state of mortal sin. Do I need to go to confession? And I would say this, 
we talk all the time on the show about how it's good to have that devotional confession, if nothing else, at least once a month to help you know, stay attuned to the winds of grace flowing in your lives. So why not use this first Saturday devotion where the Blessed Mother asks us to go to confession, receive Holy Communion, pray the rosary, and meditate for 15 minutes upon the rosary? Why not use this as the reminder that I need to make my once-a-month devotional confession? It's a great time to do that. And, of course, as always, if you find yourself in a state of mortal sin, make an act of contrition immediately, and then as soon as is reasonably possible, get to the Sacrament of Reconciliation. No need to overcomplicate it. We'll go from there. Joining me in studio for the roundup today, uh, Worm Foods back. Hey, I'm here, baby. Traveling. Dan Vonder, right. how are you this morning? I am fantastic. I've been reading all about Worm Food in The Imitation of Christ, actually. Oh, so, yeah. you yeah. got to go get back and get some yeah. more Thomas A. Kempis there. Yeah. There you go. A guy that I'm sure likes, Thomas A. Kempis, and joining us again for the roundup is Chris Horan. You had so much fun last time you decided to come back. Yes. Thank you for having me, Adam. It's, uh, it's great to be here. All right. And then the always lovely Angela Miller here with us today. Uh, you kind of surprised me this morning because when I got here, Dan Vonderhart was already sitting in the parking lot. And I come in, I get settled, and all of a sudden I hear, Good morning, Adam. And I'm like, Dan, your voice has changed. You sound a lot like Angela. Good morning. <laughs> yeah. How are you today, Angela? I'm great. I love Lent. It's such a good time. Oh, it is. It, it really is such a good time. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to some fish fries coming up. Um, in fact, I've, I've, it's a hard decision. I've got the kids by myself today. Beth's working at the hospital. So are we going to go to a fish fry this afternoon? Oh, why and wouldn't it, you? And if so, where are we going to go? So mm-hmm. um, I'll tell you, I, I got a note here that St. Matthias the Apostle down in South County on Buckley Road, they're having their fish fries starting uh, to, yeah, st- I, I think it's starting tonight. But anyway, they've always had a good fish fry. My home parish as a kid. Your Dan's home parish. Love it. Really? Yeah, you right know. there on Buckley Road. You ride your bike right down to Big Hill. Oh. Right? Oh, yeah. You can cut, and if you're good, you can coast the whole way into the parking lot. Wow. <laughs> and then, then after you eat all of your fish, you have to ride up the hill. That's right. And burn <laughs> off all the calories of the fried fish. Hey, if you have a fish fry you'd like to uh, you'd like to let us know about, send it my way. Send it to Adam at ourcatholicradio.org. I'm always looking for a good fish fry. And whether you're in St. Louis, Jefferson City, Springfield. Illinois, Belleville, and you know, in our listening area, let us know, and uh, I'd be happy to share it. And someone said, "What about your listeners down in um, Louisiana?" You know, and I said, "You know what? I'm sure they know how to fry fish very well in Louisiana, <laughs> probably better than the rest of us." So I'll announce that one too. Uh, but we're happy to be with you all this morning. Before we jump into our roundup, let's go to Mike Roberts for our forecast. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. It's Roadmap Roundup Friday. We'll be back after this. Today is the feast day of St. Casimir. Born in Poland in 1458, he was the second of the 13 children of the King of Poland and Grand Duke of Lithuania. Casimir had a gift for speaking and was a good student, but because of his heritage, there was a royal obligation he had to fulfill from the very earliest part of his life. When he was 13, A military campaign was launched to install him as the King of Hungary. The campaign was not well supported, however, and clearly outnumbered a third of his troops deserted because they had not been paid. The campaign failed and Casimir returned home. 
His angry father had him confined for three months, but it was a turning point for Casimir. He spent the rest of his life in prayer and mortification, study and celibacy, refusing to marry even though he had a royal obligation. He developed tuberculosis and died on this day in 1484. He was buried with his favorite hymn, Daily, Daily, Sing to Mary, the first verse of which is Daily, Daily, Sing to Mary, sing my soul her praises due, all her feasts, her actions honor with her heart's devotion true. After his death, there were many miracles attributed to Casimir, including when he appeared to the Lithuanian army and showed them where they could safely cross the river. St. Casimir, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. We are back. It's Roadmap Roundup Friday here on Roadmap to Heaven on Covenant Network. Angela Miller, you mentioned earlier that you love Lent. How is your Lent going so far? It's already been great. You know What I love about it is how um, it puts me for a long amount of time in this reflective place. Um, and it's, you know, not a bad thing that the church collectively takes a somber time to consider the passion of Jesus, his death and resurrection. So I really, um, we had our Ash Wednesday Mass at the Regali Center on Wednesday, and just the spirit of of the, the I almost said parishioners, <laughs> the spirit of the Regali Center workers, the Curia, uh, during that Mass was just so, so good. Um. Yeah. Very good, uh, Dan Vonderhaar. I I always like to learn lessons. You know, you know, you and I both do that. I think that we say, okay, this went well. This didn't go well. We've got our our checklist. Um, I'm going to tell you, I made a mistake on Wednesday, and it was this. I, you know, it's a day of fasting, and I thought, oh, this works out really great because my doctor's office called on Monday and said you're supposed to come in tomorrow for fasting <laughs> labs. Can we push it back to Wednesday? And I was like. They said, is it all right for you to fast on Wednesday? I said, yeah, that'll be all right. I can work, <laughs> I can work my fast on Wednesday. That doesn't count, though, Adam. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. So, you know, I, I, I come in, I do the show, I go out to the doctor's office, and by the time I get out of the doctor's office, it's now almost 11 o'clock, and I, and I think to myself, all right, I don't want to pass out later. So I wasn't hungry. I had gotten past hunger. But I said, I should probably make myself eat something anyway. And the minute I did that, the minute I finished eating just a small piece of, uh, it was bread, you know, I was, then I was really hungry because <laughs> it wasn't filling. And I said, next time I fast, just keep going, keep going. So what, what did you learn yeah, Wednesday? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's an interesting topic because that by doing just the bread, you're really not honoring the fast, right? You know, just stick to the plan, right? You know, um, my my fast on Wednesday was great. I, every Lent, I get more excited, and and I'm I love going to Mass on Ash Wednesday and just watching all the faithful get their ashes, especially the little kids too, right? It really puts mm-hmm. you in a state of mind. Yeah. But um, many of you know, I change my voicemail on my phone every day, and um, so you know on. On feast days, I say, you know, happy Ash Wednesday. And I had all these great conversations about, well, is it a happy day? And I said, well, yeah, I know the ending. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a happy it's day. A you know, doesn't mean that I'm not 
reflective and you know and and, um, and enjoying those moments. But I love like you, Angel. I love Lent. This is a great great time. So I'm 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 looking forward to it. Now, Chris, you you got a jump start on all of us. Are you doing Exodus again? This I'm year? not. I not was okay. asked several times, and I discerned to not. All right, do but, it. but you've done this before. So f- the, the whole yeah. idea of Lenten penance is in your wheelhouse. I'm curious. Um, you know, I I look at Wednesday and say, all right, I know where I made my mistakes in my fasting routine. Good Friday is going to be here before we know it. How yeah. can I? Uh, how can I get ready for that? I don't want it to be an empty gesture. You know, I, and right. and I I don't want to. I really want to go as hardcore with it as I can. So what are some lessons you've learned? What's what's maybe one trick or tip? I, I hate to say trick when we talk about fasting, but one tip to say, here, let me encourage you. Yeah, in the past, I've well, – last year, I did what, what's called a black fast on Wednesday, on Wednesday and – Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, which is essentially just water. It's more of a really traditional fast. And it's not for everybody, right? You may have other reasons why you can't do that, but that's something that I needed because I'm I'm a big snacker normally, and so um, that was that was good for me. Yes, I was incredibly hungry by five six o'clock, but again, you said ride it out, right? Um, and you know why you're doing it, right? I was reading in what was it? It might have been something from the rule I mentioned last time, the rule of Saint Benedict uh, that I'm discerning becoming a Benedictine oblate, and they are. The monks are told to love fasting and love Lent and and have a Lenten you know mindset throughout the year, and then Lent is just that much more strict. And so, um, yeah, the the that's that's been my approach: is focus on the rule from a Benedictine perspective and really love fasting. Before we before we go to the break here, I want to follow up on that. You know, is you talk about fasting and loving fasting. Well, the whole point of this is to be a spiritual exercise. We talked about this Wednesday on the show uh, with Father Jeffrey Kirby. That we have all of these doctors. Have you tried intermittent fasting? Have you done this? And, that? and, and that's a good thing, right? Um, but for Catholics, the reason we fast is a spiritual thing. So you're a snacker. I'm a snacker too. I'm curious. Um, how does that help you to pray? I mean, especially when you really want to reach for those. I don't know if it's chips, popcorn, uh, candy bar, whatever it may be, and you're on that fast of just water for the day. What do you do when the, the hunger pains come? That's so because I've started to pray from the monastic diurnal or the monastic office. I look at the t- look at the clock, figure out what time of day it is, what what t- what hour of the office are the monks have they just prayed or are they about to pray? And I've started to reach more for the for the diurnal for the for the office of you know the readings and psalms, and uh, it only takes maybe ten minutes during the day. And um, knowing that you know that this, that quick snack. Um, if, if I don't have that, it's going to be much more rewarding and um, you know, spiritually rewarding in the end to, to pray just 10 minutes at the office. All right. Well, there you have it, friends. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. When we come back, the conversation will continue. Stay tuned. We are back. I always, you know, we have some great conversations during the breaks, too. Not necessarily spiritual ones, just good fellowship. And I always feel rude saying we have to stop that now because we have to go back on the air and talk about spiritual things. But it's also good to talk about spiritual things, and that's why we're here this morning. So, uh, you know, one of my favorite Lenten hymns is At the Cross, Her Station Keeping. It's a hymn about the Blessed Mother. It's a great hymn, and uh, it reminds me that we all have our place 
along the Stations of the Cross. And so tonight, you know, today actually, I know some parishes pray these after the 8 a.m. Mass in the morning. Many uh, faithful will pray the Stations of the Cross today. I have my own particular favorite setting by St. John Henry Cardinal Newman, uh, but there's some really great settings out there by some different saints and some really great ways to reflect. And so I want to start with you, Dan Vonderhaar, uh, Stations of the Cross. How do you pray the Stations of the Cross? And is there a particular station you find yourself oh. meditating on more than others? Uh, so my kind of devotion to the station started as a kid at St. Matthias that we talked about, the fish fry. Um, there's something about the cadence of the Stations of the Cross that it's hard not to get into that prayerful rhythm, right? So, but I would have to say, um, I don't have a particular favorite station, Adam, but I do love when the stations are outdoors. There's something even more meaningful, something, I don't know, more connected uh, when I'm outside, like walking on a path um, that has the stations. Yeah. Chris, how do you enter into the stations of the cross? Yeah, so obviously we'll we'll try to make it to a church if we can. But with young children, sometimes we you know we we want to do that for them to show them you know you know show them the erected stations and things and walk and see them see the detail. But if we cannot make it to a church, uh, we will pray it at home. But we found a nice YouTube. Um, it's very traditional stations, and it's probably thirty five minutes long. But it's very slowly said through each station. There's images of the crucifixion and and various things. And, um, you know, very, images of the stations as you go. And so that, I think that helps. It's, there's no distractions for the kids, other people in, in the church, for example, and they can actually watch the screen and listen. And Well, they're still young, but they can at least see the images. So it's, yeah. it's really, been, really been good for are, us. Are they starting to ask questions then after you pray the stations as a family? Like, Dad, why, why did that happen? They, they do. They're, yeah, they're, they're growing in their curiosity for sure. And, and um and the more they learn at school and the more we teach them, they're, they're asking these questions that uh, sometimes I haven't even thought of. <laughs> yeah. Right. What happens after the, what happened after the crucifixion? So it's, yeah, it's, it's good to see that they're, they're growing and learning and it's a beautiful thing. That's a great suggestion yeah. about that YouTube. That's great. Yeah. Now, Angela, I know you're uh, taking classes about spiritual direction and mm-hmm. whatnot. And I, I would imagine a large part of being directed and, and of prayer is that mental prayer of spending that time in conversation with our Lord and, and pouring out your heart to him, but also receiving what he's pouring out to you. And I can't help but think of the Stations of the Cross being a great tool for that. I mean, it's good for us to make pilgrimage along the way, going from station to station, whether it's outdoors or in the church. Um, but we don't just stop there. We're, we're then to take it from our head into our heart and reflect with it. So how do the Stations of the Cross, how can they help us with that mental prayer? Yeah, I mean, it's such a tangible uh, prayer in itself. And there are so many things out there that uh, uh, have been given to us to help us meditate on it. Um, I like that you said the YouTube videos, but I I personally really can meditate, whether it's in the rosary, in the stations, or just in meditation on the Passion of Christ, on thinking about the scenes from the movie, the passion <laughs> of the Christ. You're, you're not the only one. Oh gosh. And it's it. I pray so well um, with those, with some particular scenes, especially the ones with our lady. Um, mm-hmm. And I also really love doing the stations with uh, the perspective of Mary 
or the perspective of the saints or the perspective mm-hmm. of uh, another person who was there during the stations. Um, and that can transform the way you move forward, the way you see the mass, the way that you pray in general. Um, it's really beautiful. Yeah, you know, one of the things I, I love about, um, it, it's great to pray the stations communally, and there's a, a great uh, joy in praying with the church. I, I want to say, oh, which saint was it? I recently heard this, was talking about how when you pray individually, you're lighting a fire with the straw that you have, and that's a good thing. It will burn, but then when you pray communally, you're putting all of that straw together in what a blazing fire you could have. Um, so that's good. But one of the things I like to do periodically is also just pray the stations on my own. And I, like I said, I've got this setting from St. John Henry Newman. And I, one of the things I like about it is it gives me the opportunity and the freedom to say, you know, I want to sit with this passage just a little bit longer. Like this one today, seventh station, for whatever reason, boom, it's hitting Adam right hard. And I want to stay and meditate on this, and I can give it as much time as I want without worrying about, oh, wait, but they're on the A station now. i got to keep up. And so I think it's a really good practice uh, I would recommend for you, our listeners, is take some time this Lent to pray the stations on your own at your own pace. And maybe that might mean that for two weeks you're just going to pick a station a day and really reflect on that. Well, that's a great idea. I was curious, Adam, if, if you had a particular station that you – find more meditative than others depending on the day that changes every day yeah you know uh sometimes i'm sometimes i'm simon of cyrene you know sometimes i'm the soldiers pushing him down sometimes uh i feel like i'm right up there on the the cross with our lord and as my pastor once said a few years ago uh you know why is jesus on one side of the cross and the other side's empty well that's for you um I will say the other thing I've got, it's not quite Stations of the Cross, but in my love for St. John Henry Newman, I ordered this book called The Tears of Christ, Meditations for Lent, and it's excerpts from his writings and his sermons on Lent and the Stations and the Way of the Cross and the the Passion organized by day. So I've, I've had one for Ash Wednesday, one for Thursday after Ash Wednesday. Today I'll have one for Friday after Ash Wednesday, and I'm using that as a springboard then to do my mental prayer, to do my Peace Through Strength prayer journal that I got from Father Heilman, and really, you know, not just pray the words out loud, but then internalize it. Lord, what are you trying to say to me through these stations today? So there you have it. We're going to take another break here on the Roadmap Roundup. When we come back, we'll have a catechiz question for you. It's an easy one today, but it's a good one. Um, So stay tuned for more Roadmap to Heaven after this. Our catechist question today, what language is Kyrie eleison? We, we say it at Mass all of the time. Kyrie eleison. What language is it? Now, you might be saying, well, the, the language of Holy Mother Church is Latin. And, and that is correct, that Latin is the language of Holy Mother Church. However, Kyrie eleison is Dan Vonderhaar. Greek. Greek. It's all Greek to me, right? Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> meaning, Lord have mercy on us. In Latin, uh, Lord have mercy on us would be Domine Miserere Nobis, which we'll actually hear. There's some great uh, motets of the Miserere. Um, I think of Allegri's is probably the one most people uh, would recognize it would you know you're probably not walking around saying oh Allegri I, I I know that means Allegri but if you heard it you'd say yes I do know this um, but have mercy on us I I will say that one of my favorite settings of Psalm 51 by the way have mercy on me God in your kindness and your compassion blot out my offense um, is actually Father Stan Fortuna the, the the rapping Franciscan priest it's more of a spoken word thing it's not it's not a rap and it's 
Uh, I'm surprised I haven't played it so far this Lent. I've just been that busy, but it's something that really helps me just kind of put out the noise of the outside world, play that, and then it fades out, and then just spend some time in prayer. But whether it's the Stations of the Cross or some other Lenten devotion, a big part of this season is to focus on our need for mercy. And as we talk about the Passion, you know, maybe that's one question we should consider is, you know, do I see my need for God to be merciful, and do I see my gratitude for the mercy he offers? True story, Chris Horan, the other night, um, I was walking through the neighborhood, and I ran into some friends, and we were talking for a few minutes, and I was pulling something up on my phone, and one of my friends said, Adam, your phone's broken. And I said, no, it's not. And then my kids were like, Dad, what's wrong with your phone? And I said, nothing's wrong. And they said, everything's in black and white. It's all gray. Did, the, did your phone lose its <laughs> colors? And I said, no, it's one of my Lenten things. Now, some of my friends that I was talking to in the neighborhood, they're not Catholic. And they said, oh, you, you, you do that Lent stuff, that, the, the Catholic Lent stuff. I said, yeah, I do. And I said, uh, it gave them a little explanation of why. I had my phone in grayscale, and um, I will say, honestly, it's been effective. I, I still pick it up as much, but I'm not holding on to it for as long because I get bored and then I put it down. Um, and I said, but you know what? You don't have to be Catholic. If you want to give up something, and because they said, oh, that, you know, that's kind of a good idea. I said, you could do it too. Well, I'm not Catholic. That doesn't matter. You could give up something for Lent too. And it had me thinking like, you know, I'm really comfortable on the radio saying, friends, you should do this. It's a good Catholic thing to do. But then when it comes out to the world, sometimes I'm a little gun shy. And uh, I'm curious, how do you invite people? What do you find effective for saying to people, hey, maybe you ought to try praying this or, or go on the Joseph Challenge or come to Mass? Uh, how, how do you invite people? Yeah, that's for me, it's always I'm doing these things because it's the truth, right? And we talked about this last time I was on, right? You need to pray for the fortitude and, and the grace to ask people. And it's not always easy, especially when they're not Catholic. Um, sometimes even more difficult when they're Catholic because they're sort of stuck in their ways and they don't want to come and you know do what you would may, maybe want them to do and join you to do. And um, so it's, it's it's having that grace to, to, to just reach out and ask them. And the worst they're going to say is no. They might think you're crazy, but we talked about being crazy last time and we know we're not crazy. The world is crazy. So again, just having the grace to to just just ask. Yeah, I'm and, still. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say I'm still trying to get my kids to think I'm not crazy for turning my phone to <laughs> uh, to, to grayscale. Dan, you look like you're chomping at the bit to jump in. Nah, I, I'm listening to Chris. You know, it um, it is about practice. You know, it is certainly uncomfortable um, to have to invite people at times, right? But we know that we're called to the uncomfortable. So how do you get through it? How do you power through that? Well, the short answer is practice, right? Those, those two seconds of courage, just when you're feeling that Holy Spirit telling you, oh, maybe I should say something here, mm-hmm. just do it. And what you'll find is the more that you do it, the easier it gets to invite people. I find that um, another thing that makes it easier is developing a relationship with these people um i mean you gotta form some sort of base of trust um and once they know that it's not a judgment it's it's an invitation it's out of love um i'm thinking about a couple of my friends that i'm uh trying to to bring into relationship with christ um and it at this point it has been a couple of invitations but no expectation 
Um, but they're considering and it's because they trust that I would will their good. So, um, yeah, the friendship is really important. Yeah. And, gotta and, start there. Yeah. It's gotta start yep. there. Now, I'll be honest behind this question. I, I'm going to think ahead. I'm going to skip over all of Lent here for a moment, mm-hmm. if, if you'll allow me, to the resurrection narrative. And what do they do when they go to the tomb and they find that he's missing? They run. Mm-hmm. They run, not out of fear, but to say, this just happened and I need to let you know about it. Um, or we think of all of uh, a good number of the healing miracles in the gospel. I, I think of one in particular where Jesus says, don't tell anyone about what you saw. And then the, the gospel says, and the more he instructed them not to tell anyone, <laughs> the more they told everyone. You know, And have we become so complacent that we're looking at, you know, let's go back to the, the way of the cross or the stations of the cross, that we look at all of the suffering that God did out of love for us. And then are we so complacent that we're reluctant to tell our friends, our neighbors, this is the greatest thing that ever happened in the course of human history. And it, it will have impacts beyond this earthly life and into the next. But that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to tell you any more about it because uh, I, I didn't want to be uncomfortable there. Just uh, be exactly. a good neighbor and, and hold on. Exactly. I have the greatest news ever, right? It's completely changed my life, but you know, I'm not going to share it. Anyway, uh, moving on. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of the call for us beyond there. We're going to take uh, one more break here. Uh, well, we got a, we got some more coming up on the show. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about making a good confession. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We'll be back after this. We are back, and we're going to talk about making a good confession. And I, I want to offer this console. Um, every Lent, a lot of us say, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to make it a priority. Even if I only go to confession, you know, I, I forget the interval. I'm going to go this Lent. And sometimes I say, I really need to make it a point to go before Easter. And here's what I found. The, the closer we get to Easter, the longer the lines get for confession, <laughs> which is a great thing that people are going. But it also is a reminder to me, like, Adam, plan ahead because you need to either account for the time that you'll be in line, which is a great time to, after you do your examination, maybe start praying the Stations of the Cross while you wait or have a plan to maybe not wait until Palm Sunday weekend to go to confession. So that's number one. Um, what's something, Angela, you've learned about making a good good confession that you wish you would have learned earlier in life um i i love this question uh we had bishop herman do a theology on tap for us a few years ago and we asked him this question um and he said you know what i do is when i ask the lord to reveal my sins to me he never fails to do it so (laughs) he just i mean really um I, I can think I can go back in my memory and think about what I've done, but if I'm not asking God to be in my in my head and and helping me to see what I need to confess, uh, it's kind of not as as helpful at least if, if not useless. Um, I really um, need to take the time to pray with the Holy Spirit. And another thing, another Bishop Herman story is one time. I um, confessed a sin of holding a grudge against somebody. And he said, you know, holding grudges is one of the 
scariest sins because it really is a way that Satan gets in your business and messes things up. So mm-hmm. I have really been vigilant about forgiveness as well. Um, so those are my two pieces of advice. Dan, what about you? Wow. Um, I love that uh, little pearl there, Angela. I, uh, I would start with what you started with, Adam, which is have a plan. You know, if you are somebody who likes to put things on a schedule, you like to have checklists to do, that that's just how you roll, then put confession on your calendar. Just mark it down. Um, I have found it's helpful to um, have uh, different places you know you can go. So I have a 7.30 a.m. confession spot. I have an 11.15 a.m. midday confession spot. And I have a 3.30 on Saturday confession spot that I know that, you know, that that's in my routine if I need it. But put it on your schedule. And then, um, you know, not every confession is like an epiphany. You know, not every time you go does it feel exactly the same way. And, and that's okay, right? Not everyone is going to feel the same way. So I try to focus on my identity, which is a son of God, a child of God, uh, and the mercy of God. Um, and that is, that's what I, so that's kind of, I would say my tip is just focus on, focus on your identity and focus on the mercy that, that you're receiving. Yeah, you know, you, you say that and it makes me think of a time I had an infection and I didn't even know I had an infection. It, it took my nurse wife saying, that looks infected and it could get a lot worse. And so I go to the doctor, and the doctor's like, oh, this is easy. Here, take these, uh, you know, it was an antibiotic, and take it for five days at, at this interval, and at the end, you're, you're going to be fine. And I looked at my wife at the end of five days, and I'm like, am, am I better? You know, I didn't even know I was sick. And, and she goes, yeah, you're better. And I'm like, well, I don't feel any different. And she goes, you're better. And that, you, you say that about sometimes you're going to walk out of confession. It's not going to feel like the greatest confession ever. But if you made a good confession, you're sorry for your sins, you receive absolution, your sins are forgiven. Whether it feels like it or not, the reality is there is a very big effect on your soul. Chris Horan, what about you? So I've been thinking about this a lot the past three or four weeks or so because my daughter's making her first confession tomorrow morning, and so which is a great blessing. Um, but for me, it's simply to prepare well, right? We, I think we have Angela and Dane, you talked a little bit about how you prepare there. If, if you find a good examination of conscience, I mean, a good one, because there are some out there that are very light and they're very fluffy, but you'll find typically find a really good one in your missile, your daily missile for mass. And that's typically what I've used and really challenges you to think about and reflect on what have you done and what have you you know, what do you need to confess and the number of times that you committed that sin to, you know, to also mention that as well. And um, I think that that's the key for me is just prepare ahead of time. Know that, okay, it's Monday. I'm, I, I want to, I need to go to confession. Wednesday is my time and take, if you have to take two days, do it at, you know, 30 minutes before uh, is typically not a good way to, to pr- prepare if you want to make, try to make a good confession. So yeah. Use that examination of conscience and use it well. One thing that uh, has been very helpful for me is to remember that I'm not, you know, in a sense I am saying, Lord, here are all the ways that I've messed up. Here are all of my sins, especially if they're mortal sins that we name in number and kind with each confession, um, you know. And I feel like I'm accusing myself and then I'm embarrassed and, and ashamed to admit these things. But then at, at a certain point in life, I started to see the uh, 
the weight that I was carrying because of those sins. That, you know, you commit a mortal sin, and then this is the effect it has on your life. And it separates you from communion. If you died in a state of mortal sin, how sad that would be because you, the church teaches we wouldn't go to heaven, right? And to say, Lord, I don't want to carry this burden anymore. I don't, I don't want to carry this weight anymore. And not only is our Lord waiting in the confessional with open arms to offer mercy to the contrite, but also to say, I will take that burden. You know, come, come to me and rest. And that is, you know, Dan, when you talk about that, that feeling great after confession, a lot of times it, there's, it's more of a peace or a restfulness that, okay, now I can breathe and now I can relax, especially if I let it go too long in between confessions or if, I, if I'm carrying something really heavy in there. We're going to stop here to get one last check of the weather for you. Then we'll have the daily dose of encouragement, and then we'll wrap up the roundup here on Roadmap to Heaven. Don't go anywhere. Here we are on the first Friday of Lent, and better than a fish fry, and I do love a good fish fry, is a daily dose of encouragement as we go through this holy season in our first days. Patty Schneier is with us. Patty, thank you for being here today. Well, it's been my pleasure to talk about Lent and little ideas that might help jumpstart your Lent or give you a new, fresh outlook on Lent. We've just thrown out lots of ideas about how you fast, maybe a meal, you set the spoon or the fork down in between each bite and pray for people. Maybe it's, you know, uh, decorating your home this Lent that you've never done that before. Okay, today, the final day of our encouragement talking about Lent, I want to just offer this long-term outlook. Someone once said to me, whatever you decide to do for Lent, when Lent is over, don't stop. Keep doing it. That's how you can make it a habit and actually grow in whatever it is that you want to do. So take this for example. Maybe your Lent this year is you've always wanted to go to daily Mass and you've never, ever, ever been able to make it work or make it a part. And you're like, I am committed. This Lent, I'm going to daily Mass. Well, if you can do it for 40 days, then you can do it after Lent is over. Don't stop. Or maybe this Lent, you've made that commitment to say the daily rosary. That's actually how I started becoming a daily rosary person was it was Lent. All right, this is the Lent. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pray the daily rosary. Well, then don't stop and then make it a part of your life. That's how it becomes a habit. One Lent for me, it was I'm going to pray the Stations of the Cross every day. I'm going to do it. It's Lent. And now it's just so much a part of my life. I love praying the Stations of the Cross every day. So that's what I want to just encourage you of keep doing your Lenten promises. Make it a part of your life. It's a great way to start a new habit. Do it for Lent and then just keep on going. That's a really great challenge for us. I mean, so many of these daily doses are great challenges for us, but it's one that helps keep us fixed on our goals as we go into this season and not just do something for the sake of doing it, but that it might be a habit that could go with us the rest of our lives. Patty, thank you so much for these great doses of encouragement this week. We're back. Dan Vonderhaar, you said something during the break that I want to share with our listeners because it reminded me of my time as a kid, and I don't know if it was ever like this for you. You go to the beach or you go to the pool. For us, it was the pool. We live in Missouri. Um, and you're like, oh, the water's cold, so I'm just gonna, I'm going to go in the first step. And then, and then I'll acclimate. And then I'm going to go on the second. No, no, I'm going to. It's too cold. I'm going to turn around. So finally, what you have to do? You just had to do that cannonball and jump into the pool, or else you weren't going to get in. And uh, you said something about making a good confession that is along those lines. Yeah. So you know, if you've got some big burden on your heart, get it off first. 
deliver the big news first and just get it out there and just say it in plain English. And that really makes the rest of the confession that much better. Yeah. One of the saints said, when you go to confession, start with your worst sins first. It throws the devil off his game because, you know, we try to, if we try to ease into it, like add a little, little kid Adam right trying to get an ease into the pool, uh, we might become reluctant and run away and, and get scared. You know, so I'm going to build into it. No, just cannonball. Let's go. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I have this mortal sin of uh, this occasion, this many occasions. Boom, and and knock them out first, and and be done with it. And you know, I was reading a, a post from a priest who was talking about a grace that a lot of priests um, are very blessed with. In fact, I would imagine all of our priests are, but I don't want to speak for them. But he was talking about his own priesthood that he prays every time he he hears confessions for the grace not to remember any of the sins that are confessed. And he goes, so far, God has given me that grace (laughs) all the time, very freely. Um, So don't hold back. Just, you know, that's one of the objections we'll hear. Well, I don't want Father to, Father's not there. It's Christ that is there acting through Father, acting in persona Christi. So there you have it today. We are going to start with the first Sunday of Lent this week and our first full week next week. So have that plan. And, you know, as we said, maybe don't wait until the end of Lent to go to confession. If it's been a while, it's time. Um, be not afraid and and go. So that's that. Coming up next week on the show, we have a lot of different things we're going to be talking about. We're going to be hearing from Marcellino D'Ambrosio, Dr. Italy, who's actually going to be in the St. Louis metro area giving a parish mission at Holy Infant, two nights of uh, wonderful reflections that he'll be sharing. He's going to be on the show. We're going to be visiting with Sister Mary Carolyn Noons. Um, we're going to be, I, I forget who all, it, it's a busy week. We've got Zipper Zeppa, I think, next week on the show. So there's a lot happening here on Roadmap to Heaven, so tune in for that. I also want to remind you, if you like today's show or if you want to go back and hear another episode of Roadmap to Heaven that perhaps you missed, we are now out there in your favorite podcast player. So whether that's on your Apple device, your Android device, uh, if you use Spotify, just search for Roadmap to Heaven Covenant Network in the search bar, and you will find us. Uh, if you want the easiest way to get to it, go to OurCatholicRadio.org. That's O-U-R CatholicRadio.org, and we have the link posted. Uh, you just click Programs, and you can even play them straight from our website. You don't have to go to a third-party podcast app. You can play them right there on OurCatholicRadio.org. Angela, Dan, Chris, I want to thank you for being with us today. Let's take a moment here as the music starts to pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady Queen of Peace, pray pray for for us. us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray pray for us. All right, friends, you have the mission before you. Good confession, Stations of the Cross. You can enjoy a fish fry in there, too, if you want to, but make, make sure you get that prayer in there first. Until next time for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Angela Miller. Chris Horan. I'm Dan Vonderhaar. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Don't forget to pray that rosary today.